I'm Brett McGarry. This week on The Couch Potatoes, the summer movie season is here. We've got the May movie preview. Plus, I'm Jeff Braun. I saw The Avengers this week, so we'll get a second opinion on the hottest movie of the year. The King of Wakanda comes home, and we'll talk some Handmaid's Tale and Westworld. First, it's the May movie preview. This weekend, David Tennant plays a bad, bad man in Bad Samaritan. Now, where's last night? All right, man. Really? You still digital cameraman? You still use these? Absolutely. I love this one. Crazy to think what you could do if you did this for your full-time job. Just a poor, struggling artist. Bad Samaritan is about a dude who works as a car valet, but he's a scammer, a thief, a burglar. Welcome to Nino's. That's a beautiful car, sir. Yeah, don't touch it. David Tennant rolls up in a Maserati, our dumb protagonist uses the car's GPS to take him back to the guy's house. Oh, you beauty. Don't talk to me. Black car. Shut up, Doc, for real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everything cool on your end, yeah? They're just getting their salads now, man. This man's house, our valet, finds something he shouldn't have. I'm not gonna help you. I promise. He's got a girl chained up. He's crazy. Whoops, David Tennant has a young woman in captivity. The valet eventually calls the cops, but when they show up, he's already moved the woman. And he knows who the valet is because the valet is dumb. And it's cat and mouse from there. Or I guess just cat. I like David Tennant. He looks menacing, so this could be fun. I have to say her wife. You know why you're not in jail right now? Because you're in mine. Bad Samaritan. Rated R. Also this weekend, Charlie's Throne stars in Tully. No, no, no! Do you know what a night nanny is? They take care of the baby at night so mom and dad can get some sleep. I don't want a stranger in my house. It's like a Lifetime movie where the nanny tries to kill the family and the mom survives and she has to walk with a cane at the end. Get over yourself. Charlize plays an exhausted mom who's about to learn a bunch of life lessons from a magical nanny or something. Enter Tully. Hello. I'm Tully. I'm here to take care of you. I'm just not used to people doing things for me. I hold a baby all day, and then nighttime rolls around and I'm supposed to just switch gears, like, hello, all sexy now. You're empty. Yeah. No, you're empty on this side. <sighs> that was a breast-pumping joke. The comedy drama is from director Jason Reitman and screenwriter Diablo Cody, who also made Juno together in 2007. So think that, but everyone's older now. Tully is played by Mackenzie Davis from the TV show Halt and Catch Fire. She was also in Blade Runner 2049 last year. Mark Duplass and Ron Livingston are both in it, and I had to watch the trailer twice before realizing that they are not the same guy. One of them is the husband. Tully's getting great reviews at 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. Your 20s are great, but then your 30s come around the corner like a garbage truck at 5 a.m. Girls kill. 
No, we don't. We might look like we're all better, but if you look close, we're covered in concealer. You're convinced that you're this failure, but you actually made your biggest dream come true. If you want to run off for something, I get that, because I want to do that too sometimes, but I'm not gonna. I'm here to help you with everything. You can't fix the parts without treating the whole. Moving on to May 11th, opening just in time for Mother's Day, a movie called Breaking In. I know this is not how you wanted to spend your weekend, but guess what? Me neither. She was supposed to see her boyfriend. Whatever, he's not my boyfriend. Then why did he make you a playlist? Filled with sex songs. Oh my God, shut up, Mom. A whole playlist. Gabrielle Union stars as the mother of a daughter and son who have gone out to her dad's old house in the country, the big old house, which comes with a few surprises. You grew up here? Why are you selling it? That's what you do when someone passes away. Check it out. Fully automated security system. Windows have retractable shields. This place is a fortress. I guess some people get paranoid in their old age. What were you trying to hide, Dad? I just want to say again how sorry I was to hear about your father. I just want to make it through the weekend and come home. Mom? I swear to God, if you're hiding something... Sorry, Jeff, that made you jump. Yeah. I don't like this movie. <laughs> Some bad dudes led by Billy Burke are in the house. Grab or ki- You don't like Billy Burke? I, no, I don't like that uh, some bad dudes are in the house. This is, this is too much for me. It's scary for you? Yep. Okay. So the, the Billy Burke bad dudes in the house, they grab her kids and shut her out of the house. I want you to listen. You are a woman alone at the mercy of strangers. What do you want? We want something in the house. I will do anything to protect my kids. Do exactly what I say, or you and your kids will not survive this night. Do you understand? But it's Mother's Day. She's not going down without a fight. She's gone. Find her. She took out the lights. She's smart. But we have her kids. Now, she's desperate. I'm just a mom. You have no clue what I'm capable of. Soon she succeeds at breaking in to the house and is ready to lay the smack down. This isn't gonna work! You're done! I broke into the wrong house. Breaking in. Rated PG-13. Also on the 11th, Melissa McCarthy is going back to school in Life of the Party. I don't regret staying at home and being your mom, but I regret not getting my degree. That's why somebody's mom just enrolled in college. I'm referring to myself. I'll see you around the quad. Nobody says that, Mom. Well, bring it back. It's literally like that old Rodney Dangerfield movie, Back to School, although I don't remember Rodney's reason for going back. I guess it's also like when Homer went to college on The Simpsons. At any rate, she plays a divorced mom who goes to college and hijinks ensue. I think those dads just checked you out. Like just looking at my smock, it tends to catch the light. Mom, you're a college girl now, and we gotta make some changes. No, we don't know where that's been. Oh god, it's full of hair. Come on, let me at it. No! Oh god, no! 
What are you, 20? Okay, I wouldn't oh, I'm that. 21! Okay. Life of the Party is directed by McCarthy's real-life husband, Ben Falcone. They had a memorable scene together in Bridesmaids. He was the air marshal on the plane. And it's not the first time they've teamed up on a movie. They also made Tammy in 2014 and The Boss in 2016, which are two of her absolute worst movies. She's very funny, but they haven't been able to connect on a project the way she has with Paul Feig, who made Bridesmaids, The Heat, Spy, and her Ghostbusters movie. I'm guessing Falcone keeps getting chances because she still has juice in Hollywood, but if they keep turning out stinkers, she won't. I love your mom. You had sex in a library? Frank! No, don't tell Frank. You just had sex in a public place. Where? In the stacks! In her slacks? No, shut up, Frank. Up next, the Merc with a Mouth is back. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Brett, he's Jeff, we are the Couch Potatoes doing our May movie preview, and on May 18th, Ryan Reynolds is back as Deadpool in Deadpool 2. Actually, that may have been me. Oh, you're living the dreams, DP. Yeah. Devil me care attitude. <laughs> Strong guys. Beautiful girlfriend. Sorry I'm late. I was rounding up all the gluten in the world and launching into space where it can't not hurt us ever again. Kiss me like you miss me, Red. Deadpool is a Marvel Comics character, although this is not in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. 20th Century Fox owns the right to rights to Deadpool and all of the X-Men. Although I guess Disney now owns 20th Century Fox, so maybe he'll one day be in the MCU? I don't know. Anyway, he is a mutant with the ability to heal himself really fast, kind of like Wolverine, which means he's basically invincible. Ryan Reynolds plays Deadpool in the first one in February 2016 was a smash hit, earning $783 million worldwide. Not bad for an R-rated superhero movie. Now in Deadpool 2, he's matched up with Josh Brolin, who plays a partly mechanical mutant from the future named Cable. What in the f***sicle is this? My name's Cable. I'm here for the kid. What? The kid? Move or die. Side note, great time to be Josh Brolin. Deadpool 2 opening this month and just this past weekend, Avengers Infinity War stormed the box office to the tune of $257 million just in North America. He was... Thanos in that, so good for him. Meanwhile, Deadpool realizes he needs help. I ain't letting Cable kill this kid. But I can't do this alone. We're gonna form a super duper group. We need them tough, morally flexible, and young enough to carry their own franchise for 10 to 12 years. We will be known as X-Force. Isn't that a little derivative? You're absolutely right. X-Force is an actual team in Marvel Comics. Part of the team, Deadpool, assembles on film, includes Terry Crews. He plays a character named Bedlam. Returning characters include Colossus and Negasonic Teenage Warhead, which, by the way, is a great song by the band Monster Magnet. And Deadpool also manages to get in a shot at Ryan Reynolds' real-life wife, Blake Lively. That 
is why Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants is pure pornography. Oh, God, I wish I finished college. She was in that movie, so he's mocking her. Deadpool 2 opens May 18th. It lives up to the hype, plus plus. They probably won't even make a three. Yeah, why would they? Stop it too. You killed it. <laughs> also on the 18th, what will be my mom's new favorite movie comes out. It's called Book Club. Hi, beautiful friends. I would like to introduce you to Christian Grey. Oh, no. We started this book club to stimulate our minds. From what I hear, this book is quite stimulating. Book Club stars Diane Keaton, Jane Fonda, Candace Bergen, and Mary Steenburgen as a group of friends who think maybe they're past the point of finding love, but then they read Fifty Shades of Grey and go buck wild. Have you ever been spanked? What? This book has got me in a total tizzy. Give me the zip ties. Are you thinking about tying me up? What? Nothing is just... If women our age were meant to have sex, God wouldn't do what he does to our bodies. Speak for yourself. Well, that was not God. That was Dr. Nazarian. The Cradle Robbers find a bunch of younger men like Richard Dreyfus, Craig T. Nelson, Don Johnson, and Andy Garcia. Romance and comedy ensue. Well, hey, you. I love a man who brings flowers. Everybody remembers their first kiss. How about I tell you about my best kiss? Maybe that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> I never thought I'd be back here again. Is it as good as you remember? Maybe better. I'll give a little bit. I'll give a little bit of your love. Mom, you need to be a little bit realistic. There's a man out there who makes me feel things that I didn't think were still possible. It actually looks pretty good, and I was going to say that it's nice to see great actresses get decent work in a system that's notorious for being mean to women over the age of 35, but Steenburgen and Fonda get a lot of work, including starring roles in TV series. Bergen's coming back with Murphy Brown, and Keaton has never not worked. It is nice, though, that someone's giving Andy Garcia work. You are better at this than you think. Maybe things with us will go bust, but that's life. And I'm not through living mine just yet. I can't believe you put Viagra in my beer. Bro, I'm gonna need you to step out of the vehicle. I don't think that's a good idea, officer. Okay, enjoy your night. You too. Thank you. Richard Dreyfus is in that? Yeah, that's uh, when's the last time you saw that guy? I, I think he may have been in Piranha 3D, just playing the same guy character he played boat? in Jaws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say I do see him once a year, but only when I rewatch Jaws. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think he's become a bit of a hermit. Yeah. Okay, Jeff, before we continue any further with this May movie preview, this 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 whole thing feels weird to me. The month didn't start uh-huh. with a Marvel movie. Oh, because it always does. Yeah. Like it really, uh, let's just look at the list here, okay? okay. Let's go back in time. So, all right. Time so, problem. what was the what do we have last year? Last year, well, last year's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Okay, then it was in 2016, Captain America: Civil War, Avengers: Age of Ultron. Before that, The Amazing Spider-Man Two, Iron Man Three, Marvel's The Avengers, Thor One, 
Iron Man 2 in 2010. And then in 2009, a little bit different, the X-Men Origins Wolverine, which still counts as a Marvel movie. Same for the, as you mentioned, the Amazing Spider-Man 2 in 2014. That's a Sony movie. That was Uh, garbage. (laughs) Worst one yet. Worst on this list. I remember the vitriol you had. I'm still mad about that movie. (laughs) They just screw up a Spider-Man movie. (laughs) It looked so good. I was so excited in the trailer. Uh, where were we? 2009 X-Men Origins Wolverine. That's a Fox movie. Right. And then in 2008 was the one that kicked it off for the MCU. Iron Man. That was a big deal. And yeah, and it skyrocketed. It did so much better than anyone thought it ever would. Yeah. And, that, and that's why we're here today. Yeah. Uh, on two, In 2007, Spider-Man 3, another garbage Spider-Man movie. And in 2006, uh, the worst X-Men movie, X-Men 3, The Last Stand. But that one opened on May 26th. So we had, oh. 2006 is the year where the month did not open with a superhero movie. Right. It actually opened with Mission Impossible 3. Hey, that's a good one. Uh, which was directed by J.J. Abrams, I think, right? Yep. Yeah. So since 2007, the month of May has always started with a superhero movie. That's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, yep, 8, 11. 9, 10, 11. And... The streak was to continue this year, but they decided to bump it. Anyway, it just feels By weird. one week. And it'll still be the number one movie this weekend by oh. a Country Mile. Yeah, for sure. Up next, we'll continue the May movie preview, including the latest story in the Star Wars saga. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Brad. He's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes. Soon you're going to hear Jeff's review of Avengers Infinity War. I saw it last week. I gave it four and a half couch cushions out of five. So we'll find out what Jeff's second opinion is. I have a feeling it's not going to be as enthusiastic, but we'll find out. But first, we got to finish the May movie preview. And on May 18th, Will Arnett and Ludacris star in Show Dogs. Oh, Max. I'm an undercover cop working a kidnapping case. A baby panda was stolen, and they're using the dog show as a front for animal smuggling. Why are there dogs in this meeting? That's what partners are for. What is happening in this town? Let's take these smugglers down. They're cops and they're partners, but the hook is Ludacris is a dog. A talking dog. There are lots of talking dogs. And they need to infiltrate a fancy dog show in Vegas to get the bad guys. Now, they're at the world's most exclusive dog show. You're here. Bound of the king. You were kidding me, right? <laughs> and Max. Are we in the right place? I could have swore we were backstage at a Cirque du Soleil. What? He's on a mission. <laughs> Wait, you're a cop? I'm working undercover. What if you actually won the whole show? Nope. <laughs> hey, you do remember I bite. The supporting cast of voices includes Alan Cummings, Stanley Tucci, RuPaul, and Shaquille O'Neal. I'm deputizing both of you. Yes, sir. I accept, but I get to be the bad cop. They just might. Ah, hang on, kid. I'm coming. Solve the case. You are different from other show dogs. Max is a partner. He's so as a partner. From the director of Beverly Hills Chihuahua, The Smurfs, and Scooby-Doo. A team of crime fighters. With license to bite. When this movie trailer first started, I wanted to hate it so much, but by the end, I admit I had chuckled a couple of times, but it looks like a lot of fun for the kids. Show dogs. What's that? Bikini wax? It's payback time. Uh, uh, Wait, what? The pain passes, but the beauty shall remain. And then finally on May 25th, it's time to go back to war. So you want to make a difference? Yeah. Trust me, you're going to love it. 
And which branch are you interested in joining? I'm gonna be a pilot. Best in the galaxy. It's Solo, a Star Wars story. It's the second one-off Star Wars film after 2016's Rogue One and gives us a look at Han Solo before he joined the Rebellion. I've been running scams on the street since I was 10. I was kicked out of the flight academy for having a mind of my own. Solo is played by Alden Ehrenreich, and in case you're wondering... Who's Alden Ehrenreich? Well, you're not alone. Most notably, he played someone named Hobie Doyle in the Coen Brothers movie Hail Caesar from 2016. Did you see that, Jeff? I did. He was very funny in it. He sort of stole the movie. Okay, well, that's yeah. interesting, and I'll tell you why in a second. His credits also include a character named Sven in a 2006 episode of CSI, LOL. The cast also includes Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian, and then there's Woody Harrelson. Hey, kid. I'm putting together a crew. You in? That's yes. Oh, and Chewbacca, of course. Tandy Newton is in it too, and here's another big star. I might be the only person. Who knows? What you really are. What's that? What's that? Scoundrel? Smuggler? Stuck-up? Half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder? That was Amelia Clark, by the way. Daenerys Targaryen from Game of Thrones. Apparently they had to bring in an acting coach for this Alden Ehrenreich. So that doesn't bode well. Get ready. Thought we were in trouble there for a second, but it's fine. We're fine. That acting coach business is funny because his best scene in Hail Caesar, in which he plays an actor, is a scene in which Ray Fiennes tries to coach him in a scene, and he just doesn't get it. Really? <laughs> it's oh, weird. A, uh, life imitating art, I guess. Yeah. That's okay. funny. Well, we'll find out on the 25th. <laughs> I've also read that the, the studio is prepared for the movie to not do super well. I don't know. It's too soon since The Last Jedi. That's my Whatever. I agree. Yep. All right. So that's the main movie preview few good ones in there. Uh, let's move on now. And I saw The Avengers last, last, this week, so let's talk about that. Avengers. I hope they remember you. No! I do hope those that survive remember everything. Like you said, $257 million opening weekend, the biggest of all times, the greatest of all times until the next one comes out and beats it. But uh, surely it's a force to be reckoned with. I had a hard time getting a ticket to go see it, actually. I didn't buy mine weeks in advance. And I ended up in the situation on a Monday matinee where, you know, sometimes you have just two seats beside each other and then the aisle's right there. Yep. And usually if you get one of those seats, no one else takes the other one because it's weird. Yep. I had to sit beside a total stranger. <laughs> was it reserved seating? Yeah. And the theater was almost full? Yeah. Oh, was, okay. It was weird. And the, it was the dad and his kids were right in front of us or whatever. But, okay. But it was still weird to sit in the little <laughs> the little two-person row with a stranger. 
nevertheless, did not, that wasn't uh, anything that detracted my enjoyment from the movie. Uh, there was a lot of good stuff in it. Let's start with the good. I thought it was really funny, which I like in these Marvel movies. They're getting better at the comedy as they go along. There's a, a deep bench that comes through. I enjoyed seeing the Guardians and Doctor Strange. Um, I enjoyed seeing the Wakandans as well. I enjoyed seeing all of them more than I enjoyed seeing Iron Man, Captain America, Bruce Banner. Don't get me started on the Hulk. Captain America, he seemed barely in it. I imagine he'll play a much larger role in the next one. But they've done a great job with all these lesser knowns, and the Guardians and Doctor Strange are crucial to the proceedings here. There's no movie without them. The way they juggled everything was masterful. Instead of flitting around from story to story to story every two or three minutes, they took their time with nice long 15-minute or so chunks with each group so you could settle into it and get into it instead of the mental whiplash that comes from bouncing around too much. Uh, Thor was one of the highlights, maybe the highlight. Um, At the outset... When Thor seemed like such a weird inclusion to the Avengers, like I know he was a uh, he was an original Avenger, but everyone else has some science based reason for the superhero superhero powers, and then he came in with just a space alien with a hammer. He was the one that didn't fit in, but he's such a great character. He's only gotten better as they've gone along, and he leans into the inherent goofiness of it all. So I just love whenever Thor comes up on screen. And on the flip side, the movie felt like it had some legit emotional scenes at times. I want to say much more so than other Marvel movies. Especially with the Guardians, Star-Lord and Gamora, but also Rocket Raccoon and Thor, which was very unexpected. I think that pairing might have been my favorite in all of this. Uh, Some of the bad stuff, I thought the ending was a bummer. It'll play better once the next movie comes out, I'm sure. But to that end, they should have stuck with the Part 1 and Part 2 titling. Uh, Little kids watch these things. They don't know the lore of all this, and it seems mean to to have the ending that they had in this movie. Or, I mean, do little kids watch these? Because it seemed like there was a lot of swearing in this movie. I don't know if I'm getting prudish in my old age because I had the same problem with uh, Get Ready Player One, as uh, you might old people might call it. Okay. It's too much swearing. I, I, you know, I love a Tarantino Scorsese swear fest. It just seems weird how much was in this, you know, family or kids movie. And CGI bad guys. I'm done with that. Uh, it looks bad every time. Even no matter how good they get it, it's still a big giant twelve foot purple man. Uh, it's not. It's you'll never convince me it's real. Someone said he looked like a thumb, and that's all I could think of while I was watching him. Who's like that? Thanos. He looks like a thumb. Yeah. Oh, his, his chin, yeah, just like like a, just like a wrinkled up thumb or something. The shape of his head, in okay, general. yeah. So I, I like him as a character. I just don't like the constant CGI of it all. Um, between the fact that no one really gets a proper introduction, and why should they in movie nineteen, for God's sakes, and the ending that I guess you know leads to the next movie, it sort of felt like a TV episode, and I'm not sure that that's what I want in a movie. I guess this is special circumstances. I don't mind you know superhero movies that feel episodic, but they usually have a closed loop and have a beginning middle and end this isn't that uh this is you know it was the major act it was like the act two of a thing the other 18 movies were act one this is act two and next year's avengers movie will be act three um and comparing to other movies like on the one hand you have this massive series where up until now each movie is mostly its own thing like a james bond movie but you also have this continuing saga threaded throughout so now we're seeing these movies that are just that the parts of the saga and this thing is trying to be the middle part of the trilogy the empire strikes back or the two towers but you know if empire wasn't followed by return of the jedi or the two towers not followed by return of the king we probably wouldn't think of as highly of the star wars or lord of the Rings series as we do so you need the resolutions of the part three to make the part two okay so i guess we should reserve judgment on infinity war until we see whatever they come up with next year for they still no title for that is there 
For which? The whatever the event. No, they is. haven't given it a name. Somebody's one of them said of uh, Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, but the mayor may not have been a legit leak. Who knows? Yeah, that was uh, the woman who plays Gamora. Right, Zoe Saldana. Thank you. Yes. So overall, I thought the hype sort of outweighed the actual experience a bit for me. Um, so I'll, I'll give it three and a half couch cushions out of five. But again, I think once we have all the information next year, this will just be, you'll watch this and immediately watch the next one. And altogether, it'll be, you'll, you'll think highly, more highly of it. Yeah, it really bothers me that uh, they, well, for one, they insisted that they're not two movie or not one movie split into two. And yeah. then they, so they went so far as to change the the titles, and uh, then <laughs> it's clearly the first half because uh, you can't yeah. just end it. The only argument could be that Thanos, if they say no, this is Thanos's movie because the way it ends, and that's all we can say. The way it ends, it's it, yeah. it's, and they like, have it's his story. It's he was the, the heart of the 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 movie because yeah. they keep going back to him. He's the emotional anchor of the story, which is weird. So he's the know. only one who has a plan and tries to has obstacles stopping his plan and goes through to the end kind of thing. And everyone else is just reacting to Thanos. Carrie Coon was in it. I knew that going in. I forgot about it while I was watching it. And then at the end, I was reminded of it. It's like, oh, that was her. Oh, okay. She's one of the children of Thanos. Proxima Midnight. Who's Carrie Coon, by the way? She's in The Leftovers, which also has... Some allusions to this movie, lots of tie-ins there, and she's also in Fargo, and she's just a terrific actress. Okay, up next, we'll tell you what's coming to home video, and then we'll have a quick chat about two of our favorite television shows. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Brad, he's Jeff, we are The Couch Potatoes, and we mentioned it earlier, the king of Wakanda is coming home. Black Panther. Must feel good. Sitting here comfortable. What do you want? Your secrets, your weapons. I'ma burn it all. This ends today. Who need a hero? Black Panther. You need a hero. Ready PG-13. Black Panther. Yeah, that was a terrific movie. Yep. And I think if you look hard enough, you might still find a theater that's showing it. Oh, for sure. Yeah, so, but it comes out on digital HD on Tuesday as well. I also thought, I think because they probably shot this Avengers long ago, they didn't know what the Black Panther was going to do. I think if they would have known what that was, this movie was going to do, we'd have seen more uh, Wakandans in Avengers movies. At least there there was a, a, a major battle set yeah. in Wakanda. But they didn't get a lot of lines. Yeah. They got some good ones, though. Almost no one got a lot of lines, though. You mentioned Captain America, barely yeah. got a few, got any lines. Captain America and Thor, I think, had one interaction. Uh, anyway, yeah. we've already talked Avengers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, Blu-ray, DVD, and on demand, Fifty Shades Freed. This is probably exciting if you ever get a 4K TV, Jeff. Uh-oh. 4K Ultra HD, Saving Pri- Private Ryan. Oh, my gosh. Can only imagine what the opening... 20 minutes of that looks like on a 4K TV. Phantom Thread is also available now on 4K. That is unnecessary. Not necessary? <laughs> no. Okay. Um, so we have about three minutes left here. Want to yeah. talk first about The Handmaid's Tale. You will love the Lord thy God with all your heart, or you will feel the pain of his judgment, for that is his love. 
So The Handmaid's Tale returned this past Sunday on Bravo. Two episodes because it uh, it started on Hulu, I think, on Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, leading up to the Sunday with two episodes. They like to do that with their shows, roll out with two episodes. And uh, I almost forgot to record it, first of all. Oh, really? I had a bit of a panic attack. It was 8.15. I don't know what I was watching, but it wasn't The Handmaid's Tale. And I realized, <laughs> oh, my God, I, I forgot to set my PVR. Thankfully, it's rerunning. Nice. You can watch it at Shaw Video On Demand. You can get it on Crave TV. But I thought the cruelty on display in Season 1 of The Handmaid's Tale was hard to watch. This is worse? Wow. Uh, they, they've, well, they, 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 they've let their imaginations run wild because yeah. season one covered off what was in the book and season two is brand new story and they're taking it to the, the wonderful but very hard places to watch. I haven't started yet. Uh, I'm, I think I'm looking forward to it, but yeah, like you say, it's always a hard watch. Yeah. Not a binge show. I had, I actually could not get through the second. I watched the first episode, watched 10 minutes of the second episode and said, you know what? That's enough for today. Yeah. I just can't do this. That doesn't sound like an endorsement. We, it's really good drama. It's good drama. Watch it. Yeah, one at a time. Uh, also, new the last couple of weeks, Westworld's on. We can burn it to the ground. And from the ashes, build a new world. Our world. It looks like it's uh, not as complicated, but still complex show. They're playing a little more fair with the timelines, as near as we can tell, where you see when scenes are happening, you have an idea of when in time this is happening. Well, season one didn't always do that. Although I've already seen some theories of some real crazy stuff that may be happening in the season that I did not pick up on. So if you're in for a good conspiracy theory, definitely check out Westworld. And if you don't care for the conspiracies, they'll reveal stuff to you when they feel like it. And uh, like with season one, is it probably kind of mandatory reading to go read uh, an episode recap or review it after helps. Westworld? Yeah, there's some podcasts I listen to now. I was like, oh, I didn't catch that. I didn't catch that. I didn't Did catch you say that. podcast podcasts? Yes. All on Westworld? Yes. How many? Uh, two and then like a bunch of websites where I read stuff. Wow. I could, I could spend like three hours doing after each episode, delving into the nerdiness of it all. Ah, good for you. I yeah. applaud that. I usually will, after I'll watch an episode of TV that I really like, I'll I'll read a recap, I'll read a couple of reviews, but eventually I'll move on after yeah, about a half it, hour. It scratches that itch that's been left behind ever since Lost went off the air, man. Speaking of podcasts, you can subscribe to the Couch Potatoes on podcast on Google Play or iTunes. That's all the time we have. I'm Brett. He's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes. And remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother.